Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with immediately actionable steps and wisdom to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in your impact and your leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our very special guest, Katie Brinkley. Katie and I had the pleasure of meeting one another on Clubhouse, and she is a social media strategist and coach based out of Littleton, Colorado. She's been helping small businesses, real estate agents, construction companies, and home builders with their social media for over 15 years. She specializes in coaching entrepreneurs on how social media can be an incredible tool to help find new leads, build community, grow sales, and bring the social back to their social media. I am so delighted to have you here today. Welcome to the show, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, it's fascinating, Katie, because once upon a time, long, long ago and far, far away, I was in the real estate business. And uh, ah. I my last project was 51 single family homes, 56 apartments and an office building with two partners. And I was the national chairperson for my trade association. And so then I had a spiritual awakening and ended up in the online space as a speaker and an author and a influencer and podcaster and all the other fun things that I have going on. So when I was in the real estate business, it was just before social media started like, you know, maybe five or six years before social media started. And so I am quite sure that that whole industry is significantly shifted. And so I'm really curious about your backstory. Like what inspired you to, to marry these two industries together? Yeah. So I started with, as you said, social media over 15 years ago, I, I started by helping bands get their MySpace pages up and running. So I started with getting their music off of MySpace and onto the radio. And I saw, you know, with MySpace, I mean, this is back before Facebook was even really public. It was still just for universities. So MySpace was the big deal. But I saw what an incredible tool that it was and how fast connections could happen and how fast things could go as opposed to just writing letters and sending up, you know, sending music off the stations having MySpace pages and, and pushing your music out that way really happened at lightning speed. And so it wasn't really a career back when I got started in it. Um, I became a broadcast journalist out of college. I was the post-game locker room reporter for the Broncos and the Rockies, and I absolutely loved it. Still doing the, the social media MySpace thing just on the side, like for free tickets, um, because that's kind of really the only <laughs> way that uh, social media was happening. For, for work. And then Sirius XM came out and everybody in the radio industry panicked. Um, and so I moved into the marketing side and I, I was on the corporate side of marketing for a while. I was doing script writing, media buying, social media eventually. And then about four and a half years ago, I got laid off from my dream job. And honestly, that really presented the opportunity for me to have my, my true dream job, which is 
helping businesses with their social media full time. And I, I started with a lot of small businesses, but I saw a really strong trend of real estate agents posting the exact same thing all the time that just sold for sale, pending, and that was it. Mm. And really, it's the same for just about any small business. The second that you step in front of the camera and you decide that you are, in fact, the brand, that's when your business can grow. And so that's what I started doing was helping people in those industries get in front of the camera and start becoming the face of their business. Mm, Yeah. Well, I think that's definitely true in any kind of service-oriented business for sure. Yeah. And anybody who's a CEO is really meant to be the face and voice of their business. So you kind of accidentally fell into the real estate industry because you saw that they did not understand the power of social media. That's what I'm hearing. So now let's talk a little bit about what the journey was like for you when you actually made the decision to start your own gig instead of going to find another job. Okay, panic. Um, <laughs> that's, that, that was the decision. Um, that's what I was feeling. Like I said, I, I had no idea that I was going to be laid off. I worked at a large company, which was merging with another large company, and I was just a number. So my position entire company-wide was just eliminated. And I was like, well, now what? What am I going to do now? I, mm-hmm. This is what I thought I'd be doing for a long time and growing within this company. And then two weeks later, I found out I was pregnant with my second daughter. <laughs> and so I was like, well, who's going to want to hire me now after just getting laid off. Thanks for hiring me. By the way, I'm going to have to go on maternity leave. And so I kind of was in this panic mode and I didn't really know what kind of jobs I should apply for because should I stick with the social media? Should I stick with marketing? Should I try and get back into broadcast? And I didn't, I didn't really know what the next step was for me because I hadn't considered leaving my job. And so it really was the the best gift because it allowed me to have six months um, with my three-year-old daughter Mm -hmm. at the time. And she and I just hung out, went to the zoo, we played. I was pregnant and kind of was trying to figure things out. And I was like, you know what? What if I just started helping businesses with their social media just until I find another corporate job? And one client turned into two, two turned into three. And before I knew it, I was working less hours and making the same amount of money doing something that I was extremely passionate about, something that I've been doing for a really long time. And I was like, why would I want to go back to the corporate world when I can be my own boss? And it was around July of 2017 that I decided this is what I'm going to stick with doing. Beautiful. Well, you are what I like to call the accidental entrepreneur, right? I'll tell you, when I left the real estate industry, I knew that if I stayed for another minute, I was going to die. So for me, I was called out. You were ejected. (laughs) You were ejected. I was called out. So I want to talk about when you, you know, kind of stumbled in and started getting clients and then discovered, oh my God, I'm making more money in less time and all of those other things. You know, was there any part of that journey where you ran into challenges for yourself or hiccups? And if so, what did you do? Because a a lot of people, and this was my experience, when I went full-time self-employed, the first year I tried to do everything. I mean, I I taught myself HTML to figure out how to to set up a website. Guilty. (laughs) Guilty. Guilty. Okay, great. 
So I'd love to hear about some of the challenges that you might have had and what were some of the things that you needed to do in order to overcome them? That is a fantastic question because I think that a lot of people, when they decide to be, to start their own business, they try to do all the things. And I was one of those people. I was doing websites. I mean, I, I know how to do coding and, and WordPress. Uh, so I was doing websites. I was doing social media for everybody. I was writing blogs. I was doing ads. I was doing Google ads because these were all different tasks that I had done throughout my corporate career. But then when I was all over the place and I was like, man, this is I, you know, this is not maximizing my time the best to my abilities. And it really wasn't until I niched down just to social media. And then from there, I found, okay, these are the only types of clients that I'm going to work with are people in the home industry. And so, and, and you know, so that was really an evolution over four years. It was not a four month decision. It was absolutely me figuring out the hard way. Like I, just because it's it's money and it's p- people presenting an offer to me does not mean I should say yes. Mm-hmm. It's saying nope. Uh, that really does help you grow as a business owner. Yeah. And uh, before when we got on here, we were in the green room. We were having a little joke with one another about being willing to say no and being the nope queen. So I found in my journey, and I don't know if this is true for you, but it sounds like it might have been part of your journey as well, that the person that I needed to say nope to the most was myself. You know, I'd love to hear what you did kind of internally in your inner game to begin to understand that the the value was actually increased the more you said no to doing things you shouldn't be doing. I think that saying no when you are just starting out with as an entrepreneur is the hardest thing to do. It, it really is. And, and having to end contracts with people who, looking back, I'm like, they really didn't respect my time. Having to end contracts with them would seem so daunting and so scary because oh my gosh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not be making that much money anymore. I mean, I'm going to go find another client. And it really is like the next client will fall into your lap and it's an even better client than you had before. They're paying you for probably more. They're more uh, your ideal client because you've said no to past clients that weren't your ideal client. And it really has, If whenever I've said no, it's ended up elevating my business and elevating me because then I'm like, actually, yeah, you know, I got this. And I think that that is one of the the hardest parts of entrepreneurship is believing in yourself. Mindset is still a struggle for me because it's hard to keep focus and keep the blinders on to focus on your own path, your own journey, Mm. especially with social media now, like you can see what everyone else is doing, but you don't see their bloopers. They're only showing you their highlight reels. And so for me, just keeping the blinders on has helped my mindset and it's helped me grow my business tremendously. Yeah. Well, I want to talk a little bit more specifically about social media because you are actually the first person I've had on the show to talk about social media. So I was on MySpace. That was one of the first places that I was. I, w- I took a little course from a friend of mine, Nancy Marmalejo, who was one of the early guests on Wickedly Smart Women. And it was called Make MySpace Your, your Space. Or, yeah, Make MySpace Your Space. Learned all about MySpace, had myself all set up on MySpace. And the next thing you know, she was offering a little course on Facebook. So I took that and uh, got myself on Facebook. And then she had a little course on Twitter. And within like a month, I had a thousand followers on Twitter. And at that point, it was like basically MySpace, Facebook and Twitter. And now it's like one of those piles in your kitchen. 
right? If you have two or three pieces of paper and then all of a sudden the pile turns into like 27 pieces of paper, how do you decide for yourself and also for your clients the optimal places to show up on social media? And what do you do when the next, like Clubhouse, you and I met in Clubhouse, when the next new thing shows up, what do you do to get clear on what the right decision is to make for you and your clients in terms of how much you're putting out where? That is a gr- another great question. And I think that it's a problem that a lot of small businesses make is that they think that they need to be on every single social media platform known to mankind. And if you are, that's a lot of social media platforms. I mean, the big five, you know, of like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you know, and LinkedIn, Clubhouse. I mean, just those, those are a lot of time and energy. And if you try to be on all of them, it's going to be your full-time job. I mean, there's a reason that I have a full-time job with social media for businesses, because if you want to be on all of those platforms the right way, you're going to need to put in a lot of time and energy and effort. And so one of the very first things that I do with my clients is is we take a giant step back and we only focus in on one social media platform. And when I tell them that, they're like, well, wait a second. Why would I do that? Like, what if there's people on Facebook that now they're not going to follow me? I'm like, most people have more than one social media account. They're going to follow you on the account. And if you're pushing out the same piece of content to every single platform anyways, then it's really just, there's nothing special. It's not, it's white noise. So we'll just stick with Instagram. There's five ways to post on Instagram. And if you really want to do it the right way, you're going to show up those five different ways. You'll show up in the feed, you'll show up in stories, you'll show up in reels, you'll show up in IGTV and you'll show up live. And I'm not saying to do all of those every day, but you'll show up in those different channels throughout the month so that you can really show up exactly how your ideal client and customer best consumes content. Mm. Another big thing too, is to think about, okay, well, with different algorithms now, how does your ideal client share content? Do they engage with it by liking it? Do they comment on it? Are the, What is your ideal uh, client's demographic? So really having to take a step back and think about who your target audience is will help you make that decision as to what social media platform you need to spend time on. Yeah, beautiful. Well, we are at the break. Uh, So right now, I just want to say, Wickedly Smart Women, we need your help. If you're enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. I do want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. And we are now up to 84 countries, which is really exciting. I always love it when we get another country. So between this, uh, in the last two weeks, we added two more countries. So now we're up to 84. We're going to say a shout out today to our listeners in Austria, South Africa, and Japan. And we will be right back with Katie Brinkley. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design? 
a life that is an extraordinary work of art. Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition. Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Katie Brinkley. Before we went to the break, we were talking about how do you choose? And Katie said no to all of the platforms, but one, she's she's talking about Instagram today, which is awesome because that's where you're going to find her at I am Katie Brinkley on Instagram. So I would highly encourage you to follow her over there, consume her content. We will put that in the show notes for you. and. Um, We want to also really underscore for our listeners that saying no is actually what's going to allow you to grow. And so Katie is bringing the no energy with her today, and I'm really excited about that. Katie, I want to talk a little bit about, it just feels for some reason, I don't know why, but it feels important to talk about the fact that you started your business with a newborn essentially. Like you started your business with a newborn and a three-year-old. And I'd love to hear about what you needed to put into place for support structures to be able to actually build a thriving business and keep your sanity and stay healthy and strong and powerful and connected to your children as well. You know, I honestly, I would not be here if I didn't have a strong support system. My husband is very supportive of me being an entrepreneur and kind of following my dream with this. And I have a mom that is extremely helpful too. She lives about 15 minutes away, which is about uh, 14 minutes too far for her. But um, she's she's been very helpful too. It's really, like I said before, I never planned on being an entrepreneur, but soon before I knew it, I was there and I really liked it. I was working a lot of nights when I first started, nights and weekends after the kids would go to bed. That's when I would pull out my laptop. But I really, looking back, I really wouldn't change it for anything. It it really was great to be able to spend that time with them when they were itty bitty and still grow a, a business. And it's now at a point where they're getting older, um, going to be in second grade. And so, and the other one's going to be in pre-K. So now it's kind of at the point where I can work during the day, <laughs> like, like most people, <laughs> but especially even during the summer, I still am working. Uh, I have that kind of nights and weekends schedule just so that I can maximize my time home with them. And it really is still possible because of my, my husband and my, my mom being so supportive. Yeah. Well, I would love to talk to you about how important it is to be willing to let go of the J-O-B mindset. Because, you know, one of the things that you said is you have a full-time job doing social media for other people, but you actually don't have a job. You have your own business and you're an entrepreneur. And one of the things that I found that was really necessary for me to do was to shed that job mindset and actually give myself permission to work when it felt right for me. And, you know, when I got into the online space, my son was going into his puberty years, which was really an interesting time. And I was fully committed to being, you know, if if you have had an interesting time with your children in the 
zero to three or three to six age, whatever interesting stuff happened in that time happens again when they're in the 13 to 16 age, except they're full grown and you can't pick them up and put them into their room for a little time out. So what I found was that it was uh, really important for me to give myself permission to know what actually worked for me. So what did you do internally? Like in your own mind, did you run into mindset problems where you thought, oh, I should be working nine to five. And then you were like obsessing about I'm not working and I should be working. Like, did you have any of that stuff go on for you? And what did you do to solve that? I think that all of us probably do, because unless you go straight from school into entrepreneurship, I think all of us are used to that routine. And so it was really hard for me. Um, And there is still times when I'm like, I need to get my stuff done. But at the same time, like I'm, I'm the boss, you know, it, I can, I can get it done tomorrow. It's the the end. The due date is not until next week. You know, like that's like the late, late, I can do it later. I feel yoga. And honestly, it's helped so much because there's even times where I'm like, I don't have time for me, but I, once I started practicing yoga and doing it on a consistent basis, it allowed me to really, okay, well, I, I need, still need to make time for me. It's not just about my clients. And that's, it's the same way too, for my, for my business. Like once I started focusing in on my business and treating myself like my best client, that's when my business grew. So I think that a lot of times when we're first getting started, we're used to working for someone else. But when you take that step back and realize what what is it that you need, what is it that your business needs, that's when things can really elevate and grow. And I, I uh, like I said, yoga has helped me a lot, especially with like my mindset stuff, because it allows me to just take a step back and recharge. And you can come out with clarity as to what your next step needs to be. So that's been a huge yeah, yoga, yoga changed my life as well. So we <laughs> we align there as well, Katie. Um, I want to talk now about what's your vision for growing your business from here. Do you are you running a team or are you solopreneur? Where do you see yourself going from here? Well, I think that after 2020, we all had to do some pivoting. And what I had planned on doing in 2020 was growing my business into more of an agency. But then back in March of 2020, we were all given the gift of time. And when I was still making a lot of those networking connections, I do a lot of networking, especially on on LinkedIn and now on Clubhouse. But I was making doing a lot of networking. People were saying, Katie, you know, I'd, I'd love to pay you to do my social media. But right now, I I kind of would like to learn it. So I now teach people what has taken me uh, 15 years to learn. I teach them how to do their own social media so that they can have a strategy going forward. And then after they've kind of started to grow their social media presence, if they want to come back, they can. But I have found that a lot of businesses do better when they do it themselves. Mm. So last year, I, I transitioned into a lot of coaching you know, and then when the world started opening up again, I've started to have a lot more people coming to have the the done for you work mm-hmm. done for them. Mm-hmm. I do have a team of contractors. So I have a writer, I have um, a, a virtual assistant, I have a graphic designer. So these are all different people that I contract out. But right now, it, it still is mostly just me doing the sales, doing the, the bills, yeah. doing, uh, you know, the majority of the social media work. And I'd love to kind of take some of that off of my shoulders and kind of grow my team a little bit more. Yeah, beautiful. Well, and so here's your vision. What do you do to value your vision? 
I think that the biggest thing to, to value my vision is saying no. I feel like that's kind of been the underlying message of today's episode mm-hmm. is saying no. There's There's been, again, there's still p- opportunities that present themselves. And I hate having to say no because I'm like, like you know, I'll be a really good client. But saying no really is has helped me, again, focus in on the, the ideal clients that I want. And then I can get the clients that are willing to to work with me and you know from there I can find in find more team members to come and bring on because I have a clear strategy of exactly who I work for and and what I do it's not a little bit of everything for anyone. Yeah, I love that. That is one of the most important things that I've learned over the years as an entrepreneur is clarity is divinity. It's my favorite thing to say and the clearer you can get the better you can serve yourself and your purpose and your people and your pocketbook. So I'd love to talk to you now about one last little piece before we go. And that is, as you started to grow, as you went from like a solo shop to bringing other people on, you know, whether they're contractors or, you know, employees. And for most of us who are in this realm, we have contractors because it's just easier from a bookkeeping perspective and all the rest of it. When did you make the decision that it was time to expand and add people to your team? And how did you know what was yours to do and when it was time to ask for help for the things that weren't yours to do anymore? You know, I think that it was delegation was what changed my business. Mm -hmm. Delegating tasks out to people that could do it faster and better than me. That's when my, again, saying no and delegation were the two things that just elevated my business. And it, it's, those are two things where I was essentially turning away or giving away money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but it, it completely changed everything because then I wasn't spending, you know, 45 minutes creating an animated graphic. You know, I had somebody that could do it in 10 and it was even better than what I could do. And it was worth every single penny. And so I could spend that 45 minutes writing an email campaign or writing a landing page, getting a, you know, an opt-in ready to go. I could do so many other things that I was more interested in. So now I have people that can do the stuff that takes me more time or that, you know, honestly, I just don't really like that much. They can do it for me. So whether it's uh, scheduling, I have a podcast, whether it's scheduling my podcast and uploading the audio and writing out the description, they can do that for me now. And so it's it's really been those those delegation that has helped helped my business. Yeah, makes all the difference in the world. Well, I'm so grateful that you came today, Katie, with your big message of no and delegate and value your own vision enough to say no to yourself as well as to opportunities that are not exactly a right fit. All really wise pieces of uh, guidance and advice that you brought today to our listeners. And listeners, we do love feedback. So please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that for you in the show notes along with the link link to Katie's Instagram. And we would love to have you send in questions or guest suggestions either on the listener line or to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. 
Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.